4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Roundtable. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Amy Radowski. And we have with us our very special friend, Ariel Lowen. Thanks for having me. Thanks thanks for waiting, those of you who waited 10 minutes. (laughs) I apologize. Yeah, um, we, you know, we wait for podium winners. If you would have finished Uh. fourth, we would have went on without you. That's not true. That's what not happened true. to the top 10, Scott? So I have to start this whole thing with thank you so much for making me smart. I know. You're welcome. I did it for you, Scott. <laughs> I know that, that was what was on your mind the entire time. Um, the last time we had you on, we did a little pep talk. I've shared that on Instagram um, and what, what happened with that um, and that you were doubting yourself and whether you were worthy of a podium. And here you are six weeks later with a medal. I know. I, that video you posted was beautiful. It made me and Dylan both tear up because it was like you were, you were telling us what was going to happen six weeks in advance but you were probably the first person to say it out loud and say, Hey, believe in this, you can do this. And then to watch it, how you edited the video and everything. It was beautiful. Have um, you hung up your medal yet? Because I'm worried about any water lines. Right? Getting messed up. Man, we have so much to hang up. Dylan is beyond busy right now with his actual real job. So I have known better than to ask him to hang it up. So I've just put it, pretty in the office and I have it might be hard to see but I put the belt over our fireplace oh Oh, (laughs) yeah yeah. so we have it yeah Yeah. exactly once he has free time there's actually a lot I need his help with but when I compete he takes a week off from work which puts him a week behind so I know to not even ask about busting a waterline just yet (laughs) so he actually dm'd me after I sent that video out and he said Scott, dang it, I just stopped crying. (laughs) Yeah, so we got back Monday from the games. Tuesday, 6 a.m., he's back at work because that's how he is. He would text me like every so often throughout the day. He's like, I just cried again. I just teared up again. So he, I don't think it hit us till we came home. We were kind of numb throughout the whole podium thing and everything, and then we got home to real life. And I mean, we both will just go randomly throughout the day and think about it. Can't believe it happened. I'll tear up. He'll tear up. We'll text each other. But yeah, I'd say he might be past that stage now. But their last week was rough. It would hit us at random times and we would just lose it. Like, what just happened? This is amazing. <laughs> well, I have so many questions. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, well, since we're on, Dylan, so many questions about Dylan. He has been your, you called him your animal. 
That's the nice <laughs> Ex- way to put it. Explain it, Scott. For those who don't know, <laughs> I want to hear your words. So I believe it was at Wadapalooza. You were you were hanging out with the Rolfs. Right. They asked you what Dylan was to you, and you said that he was your bitch, right? Because <laughs> Kyle's words. I said he's my support animal like a dog. Okay. And Kyle Rolf. <laughs> that sounds more like Kyle's words than Doesn't it? I love it. But in this in this last year, you've kind of brought him more into almost the coaching fold to yeah. help you be self-aware of what you're doing because you're programming for yourself. Right. So this year at the games, beyond the husband-wife relationship that you have backstage, has that relationship developed in what he means to you at an event? Yeah, it's kind of hard to put into words. There's a lot of chaos at the games. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of unknown variables. But Dylan is my number one thing that doesn't change all weekend. And I think it's hard to put into words because with all the variables, all the stress, I know I can look at Dylan and feel peace and feel comfort and safety. I can talk about an event. He knows how I program. He knows my weaknesses and strengths. He can help me break it down. And he is very real and honest, but in the nicest way. We actually... Even he got a lot of people interviewing him about the way he cheers for me, like Craig Ritchie did the Buttery Bros. And they're like, you're so positive and encouraging when you cheer for her. So it's just stuff we've learned of, I don't like negative cheering, like go faster, push harder. I take that as negative. So he knows, like, I think for one of the events, he was like, you're beautiful. You're doing great. You look strong. Just very positive things. He knows what I need to hear in the moment where nobody else really does. So it's great. But we did get in one fight at the games. I don't we we're going off on a tangent, let's but I'll go, go ahead and go. yeah. No, 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 it's, he's it's yeah, he's great. He knows what to say and he's awesome. But we did get in one fight after the ski sandbag where you had to squat with it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I was really proud of that event. And I don't ever like to look at the leaderboard until the evening. We can kind of break down, okay, you place this here, this here, this here. Here's where those lined up on the leaderboard. Because if I can walk away from an event and be proud of it, that's all that matters. So I walked out of the ski bag and was proud of it because it went better than I expected. And so I had the feeling of proudness. And then we went back to the expo center and he was like, and I was like, okay, how did it go? And he's like, do you want to know what place you got? You got 17th. And then instantly my proudness turned into disappointment because 17th is not a great score on the leaderboard. And so we just had a little, I was like, Dylan, you know me. I don't want to know the score because instantly my feelings of proudness turned into um, discouragement and doubt. Like, I love you, but please wait till the end of the day. And then we could talk about it then when I'm emotionally ready, because in 30 minutes, I've got to go out and do another workout and, pep talk my brain and all that so as great as he is we still have little learning curves and we grow and just have to express that backstage together yeah i mean your central nervous system is still coming down and recovering from that and your emotions are not regulated you know at that time exactly exactly but do you know what the crazy thing is after that event you want went on a six event run that is one of the best ever 
I know. It was amazing. Yeah. It, the whole weekend. We have so much to talk about, I feel like. <laughs> I know. There, there is so much to dive into. Mm -hmm. um, I also, this, this is a big pet peeve of mine. And Nick and Corey just put something in here. Um, and he left out my pet peeve. So I'm going to go ahead and, and show it. Uh, third fittest on the planet. Fittest American woman. She was a joy to watch at the games. That's great. What's your pet peeve? I know what my it is. My pet peeve is so many people kept saying to you, you're the fittest mom. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I was getting livid. And I think that it's amazing what you're doing as a mom and all of that stuff. And none of that should be discredited. But that is like a clarifier for someone who finished 17th. Right. Right. You are the third fittest woman on the planet. No clarifier. No additional stuff needed. It doesn't matter what your occupation is, whether it be mother, construction worker, teacher, whatever. You are the third fittest woman on the planet. End of story. And I think one of the more most impressive parts about you being the third is that you do it on your own. I mean, I know you have a team of, of coaches, but you're, you're training and doing that on your own. That right. that to me is the most impressive thing. You're not in a big camp, you know, and and following along mm -hmm. that you are trusting and it's showed that, hey, it's paying off. Yeah. No, I do agree with you, Scott, because I think when they posted the official announcement on the games, it was third place and it said, mom, third place, which is great, a good description. But I, it's hard because I feel like it's selfish to say, but I'm like, I am proud to say I'm the fittest American woman, mm -hmm. period. And I'm also a wife, a mom, a, like, and then you can add those subcategories under there because that title alone is so amazing. It's hard to comprehend. I'm used to having to pull the mom card, like I'm the fittest mom in America because that's the only card I had the past two years. This year I can proudly say like, wow, I didn't expect to not have to pull the mom card anymore. So you don't have to pull it anymore either. <laughs> well, and to add to this, sorry, I'm going on a little tangent real quick. It also bothers it. me that they make, they're making a big deal. Okay. About her being the fittest mom, but you never hear them say, well, Pat Belner's a dad. Why aren't we hearing that he's a second fittest dad? I mean, like there's, See, I don't give the dad card as much validity. So I'm okay. <laughs> with that. Okay. Not to throw shade at anyone, but a mom's role and a dad's role in in my in my opinion is very different. Sure. In my dynamic, yeah, that's how I should say it. Yeah, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um. So Nick comes in with, I can't blame them for mentioning the mom thing, though. It can be inspirational. It sure. was for my wife. She couldn't stop posting about it, and that's I get all that. And I think it's okay to mention it. But it, it became the lead, and it shouldn't be the lead. The lead is that you are the third fittest woman on the planet. Like, that is, that is such a great accomplishment. It shouldn't be tainted with any other clarifier. Yeah, which is, is fine. I would say me and Dylan understand how special that is as our family unit. And so that's all I try and dwell on is – it's extremely special and I don't take it lightly. The fact that they'll post about me is still awesome because 
I mean, I still feel like the girl who tried to make it to regionals or to the games five times in a row, now the CrossFit Games even knows my name is huge. So I try and just, there's so many more positives than the negative, but I totally hear what you're saying, Scott. And I felt it a little bit too. Right. And you being the third fittest woman on the planet adds to that inspiration to Nick's wife, right? You're right. not just a mom. You're right. really freaking fit. And you can be a mom. And right. you can have a, yeah. And also, yeah. Yeah. And also. And American. I'm so proud <laughs> to be the only American on the individual side on the podium because I, I mean, I'm born and raised, I'm American made. Like that's such an honor to me as well. So I, I didn't have this in my notes, but Dylan and I had a, a long talk about fittest American woman. Um, he did say he asked that. And um, so since you're, you're bringing it up, I want to put it out there. So <laughs> we, he asked me like, where do you think Ariel ranks in fittest American women of all time? And we talked about it on our show on Thursday night a little bit. Um, didn't dive into it too deep. Um, but what I think is fascinating is the the women in America have not performed well at the CrossFit Games since 2014. So, Who was 2014? So 2013, oh, Julie you had, had Julie Fouché and you had Talena Fortunato. In 14, you had Lindsay Valenzuela and Valerie Vobrel. And from that point forward, there was no American woman on the podium until Carrie Pierce in 2020. Wow. So I would say you have three games appearances, all top 15, one podium finish. You're in the conversation for fittest American woman of all time. I feel like that's Carrie, though, in my opinion, if we're talking about it. So I said in the conversation, so I think the conversation is Julie Fouché, Carrie Pierce, Mal O'Brien, and you, mm. historically. Th those four. And then you can debate what you think is important in those. Carrie's mm. only podium came in a COVID year. Mm -hmm. Right? That right. a lot of people say doesn't really count for stats, right? Because only five made it to the end. The worst you could do was fifth. She did put together a long string of top 10 performances. Right. So I'm not crediting any of that. But what I'm saying is you're in that conversation and another year or two, it, Who knows? it could be better. I think you're chasing more the future than the history at this point. Yeah. Because I think you're in the historic discussion. It's what are these young kids going to do that are, that are American? Exactly. But I think it's a very interesting discussion because for someone who tried to make it out of regionals for five years, retires, comes back, and in the second half of her career puts together something that puts her in the discussion for fittest American of all time. Crazy. It's pretty doggone impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I also love that about my story is that I retired. And then yeah. came back and now I'm doing, I love that part of it because it's so much too. more powerful than, I mean, mom is still great, but there's so much more. There's just so many pieces to my story. I'm so thankful. Carolyn Prevo, who's in the chat said she would add 
uh, Haley Adams to that talk as well. Yeah, I mean, you can, but she has not podiumed and um, it's it's not a very long resume yet either. Um, but she has pot potential, like you said, all right. the others. Like Gazan, Again, I, huge potential. All of those right. coming up. Yeah, I think the future is really the the they're going to be the tough competition for you going forward. Wad zombies out here. I like it. He's trying to start more debates. <laughs> I love it. So I want to hear your thoughts on some of the events. What what was your favorite event of the week? Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> the five k. I, I was going to ask because it was a. You were like, I can't believe I did that. I can't yeah. Believe I took third. So we. We corralled. If we want to talk about the event, I'll go ahead. Yeah. We corralled. Yeah. We had to jog across North Park to get to the starting line. The jog across North Park, I was like, holy moly, this is going to be a long 5K. I was just fatigued, and I was already out of breath from just jogging to the start line. And so, like, lap one went around. I was in a decent spot. And I was like, okay, I feel good. Let's go faster. Lap two, I went around, and the only person I saw in front of me was Emily Rolfe. And I was like, if I can see Emily Rolfe in a running event, I didn't know what place I was in. I was like, I am doing awesome. So on lap two, I'm all jogging because we made like a circle through the start line around the campgrounds. And my husband was right at the start of the circle, like the start line. So on the second lap, I feel great. And I'm like, we have one more lap to go. I'm going to pick it up. And so I'll look at Dylan and I'm all like, do you see me? Like giving him <laughs> thumbs up. And he was like, focus. <laughs> so I was just like, this is great. I'm doing good. Like, are you watching me? And then towards the back half, I just died out a little bit. Catherine caught me, but full send to the finish line and got third on a running event. And like me and my training partner, we've been practicing running. We've been practicing different type of running intervals based on what we think we know about running, which is not much. But to get third on a running event, I was so excited. And part of me is like all of these athletes work with, quote, unquote, the best in the business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we know who that is. Yep. I'm, I'm working with me and just doing what I think works for me and what I think improves running. And it, it's a huge improvement. So I was so proud of that. Can I tell you what I put in my notes for the 5K? What would you put? What the actual heck? <laughs> <laughs> and I could have got second. Like at one point, yeah. I was it, the whole race, I was in second place up until the end. Third on a running event, 14th on the handstand event. Like you can't tell me, like it's all messed up. Yeah. So that, that is my next what the actual heck moment in my notes was the yep. inverted medley because I don't know if you know what the Heat One app is. You, you get to call your shot as who's going to win an event. And if you were going on our hands, yep. other than Danielle Brandon, I'm picking Ariel Lowen. Right. Historically, that's what you would think. What, what the actual heck? I know. Which I posted about it in my event recap today. I know where I went wrong, but I was the same as you. Going into that event, okay, I just did great on the bike, great on the pig flip. Here's another top five. Easy. Just do what you do best. And then I did not do what I do best at all. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. That one was actually super frustrating. 
because it's like, I know I can do this. Why am I struggling? But in hindsight, I only practice strict free or handstand pushups um, fresh, not under fatigue. So when the fatigue hit, it kicked in. It was almost like my body didn't know what to do and I didn't adapt well at all. So I know what I need to work on. But yeah, very surprising. So how, how much flipping do you do? Because you crushed the pig flip. Nothing. I've only touched the pig three times each time at the games. But I hired my strength. Well, hired. He's a good friend. My strength coach, because everybody else is doing clean pulls, Olympic lifting, um, snatches. And I was like, I want to build a strength based, not an Olympic weightlifting, get stronger, but I want to be good at all these odd object to be strong. So all season, he's given me a program that's based on like getting strong with odd objects. So that was the first test of many where I was like, holy crap, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. I feel strong. I feel explosive. And going into the pig event on the back half, we had to flip it 10 times, do some stuff, come back, flip it again. I was in fourth and my belt was laying right next to me. And I was like, I don't need my belt. I feel strong. I can flip this and beat these people. And that's exactly what I did. I just felt confident in my strength that he helped me build up. So Carolyn asked a question and I have something very similar. Uh, She said, at what point in the weekend did you feel you had a real shot at the podium? The way I phrased it in my notes was, when did you know this was a special weekend? After the 5K was special, but I don't know if you saw the video CrossFit Games posted yesterday where I'm an emotional wreck crying. That was the moment it sunk in. This is real and I am in contention for the podium because if any event was going to screw me over, it was going to be the extremely precise, super stressful, heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You miss your lifts, you get a zero on both, you know, it's just very stressful. So after I hit both of my lifts and they were competitive numbers, that's when it sunk in. This is a very special weekend. If I was going to fall out of contention from the podium, it was going to be from that one event. So all the emotions sunk in after that. And I was like, man, I can hang on for one more day because I know I'm good at cardio. I know I'm good at moving fast and we've already got the heavy lift out. Like I, I felt was it a, like a sense of relief or? Yeah, exactly. Okay. A sense of relief because I thought that was going to be my disaster. You're out of podium contention. And I wasn't. And after that, I was like, I can move heavy. I can breathe uncomfortably. Like, bring it on. I can do this tomorrow. So that video is is what made me ask the question. I have a couple questions about that video. Is what made me ask about Dylan's development as your coach mm. and support. Right? Because... Yeah, because you look to him in the in the crowd on the second clean and jerk as to what you should go to. And you weren't going to go as high as he told you to do, but you trusted him. I did. That's a great point. I did 221 and backstage and warm up. I failed 215. I was getting really lightheaded. I don't know if my blood sugar was low. I was super fatigued. We've done a lot. Barely hit 215, missed it a couple times. So opening at 221 was doable, but I was also extremely nervous. And so, yeah, I hit 221. It felt heavy. And I was like, I'm going to play it safe. Add five pounds because I'd rather get five pounds than be stuck at 221 when I had the potential to do a little bit more. So I was almost scared to look up at him 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to do 226 is what I mentioned with my hands. And I like looked down at the bar so I couldn't see his eye contact. And then I looked up again and he was like, no, 231. And it was almost like what I needed. Cause in my head, I wanted 231. He knew that, but it's what I needed to say, like, try it, like take a chance in yourself and be a little gutsy. And then I loaded it up, prayed for four minutes before I lifted it <laughs> and yeah. lifted it. And it was fine. And even watching it, it looked like I still had a little bit more in the tank, but it's the first instant probably ever where I've like legitly looked for Dylan for help. And he told me what to do. And I listened the whole, it was, it was beautiful. It was perfect. You also say in that video that you could hear God. Yeah. I went to load up 226 scaredly and I felt like I heard just a little voice say, do you trust me? And that's when I looked up to Dylan and was like, 226? And he's like, no, 231. And an extremely powerful moment for me was, I don't know if he said it or I said it, but you can't pray to hit 231 if you don't load up 231 on the bar. Just like I had to take a, a leap of faith in order for him to deliver. It was amazing. Uh, it, you know, we were we were in the Coliseum for that. Mm. It was a really cool moment to see our friend out there hit those lifts. Oh, um, thank and you. Your joy on your face. Yeah. When you when you hit those, it was extremely stressful. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but it was great. So, will you give and, us and an the, update on your elbow and the elbow sleeve that you wear? Yes. So, going into semifinals, I injured it pretty bad to where I couldn't straighten it or anything. Yeah. And it was extremely swollen, but it made it through semifinals. And I felt like after semifinals, it was fine. And then I programmed probably two weeks before the games, just too much pressing. Push-ups, handstand push-ups, burpees, too much pressing in one week. And two weeks before the games, it flares up again. And I mean, I, I, the one thing I said is I want to go into the games healthy. And so for it to flare up again, I was a little discouraged. <laughs> She's trying to listen in, excuse Blakely. <laughs> I was discouraged because I was like, man, my one prayer was to be healthy going into the games. But I think it was the one thing I needed to actually deload building up to the games. So I was just smart. Going into the pig flip event, it didn't necessarily hurt, but I was nervous because mm -hmm. the one motion that hurts it the most is the clean position where it kind of smushes the joint. So I wore it for the pig. I took it off when I got to the alpaca. And then after the alpaca, I didn't put it back on except for the clean and jerk event because I needed it just for a little bit um, mental support. But as, as the weekend progressed, it felt better than it did on day one. So I was extremely thankful. But this was an extremely heavy pooling games. Mm -hmm. We maybe did two pressing motions. So I also got fortunate on the programming. But I do think my PT said it's an overuse injury. So just doing too much on it. Mm -hmm. So you're very, so you finish Saturday night with that lift. Right. You now realize you have a shot to be on the podium. We have talked leading up to the games about your final day, final events kind of thought process. And now it's going to, it's all on the table. Now you, you're going into a final day where 
you have to have the right mindset to finish it out. Right. Did you do any self-talk, any prayer, anything to get you into that right headspace on Sunday? This is what's beautiful. Um, I didn't. But the months leading up to the games, I did. So I specifically and my friends did prayed for mental toughness all weekend long. And I feel like never once throughout the games did I have the feeling of, man, this sucks. I can't wait for Monday to come and it's all over. Because I've had those thoughts before at the games. The whole weekend, I was like, I'm ready. I feel great mentally. I feel great physically. So I never had that moment of, oh, can't wait for this event to be over. I'm over it. The only time my brain did waver was before the final event. Because I was like, this is exactly where I want to be. I've been in this position before and I've been mentally weak. And I was almost scared of being mentally weak on the last event again and losing it all. But it didn't happen. And I didn't get first on the final event, but I was really proud of how I pushed it. And I did all the lunges unbroken, which for me was the icing on the cake of you finished strong and made yourself proud. It was great. And, and, and just to go back, we talked about how at semifinals, you went into the final event in first place. Right. You came out in third place. Right. And that was, that was something that you wanted to work on going into the games. Right. This is going to be a weird question, but you had such a big lead for that third place, right? I think it was like 70 points. 70 points, yeah. Going, going into the final event. It kind of took it off of your plate to need, to need that. Do you, do you kind of wish you had to pull something out or are you glad it happened the way it did? Oh, I'm so glad it happened the way I did. I didn't have to get to that point of pushing hard to prove it, but I, there are a few sweet, sweet moments I remember throughout the games and they weren't being on the podium, they were everything that happened throughout the weekend leading up to the podium. And one of them was me, Dylan, and my PT named Jody, who's awesome. We were backstage before the final event. And I don't like to know the leaderboard, but they were like, Ariel, like, suck it up. You need to know the leaderboard. It's the final event. And they yeah. just said, and I was, I was terrified. I was like, please don't tell me because I, I don't love the bike. Historically, I'm not as competitive at it. And it's a biking event and a thruster event. I was scared to know what I had to do. And they were like, you're 70 points up. You cannot get last place and you will be on the podium. You will not get last place because you're a fighter and this, you will be on the podium. And it, it's just a moment. I started crying. Dylan started crying because at that point we knew it was real. And um, it was a really special moment because that's when it sunk in just how amazing the whole weekend had been that I could go into the final event 70 points up and not be fighting for every single point. It even makes me emotional because that was, that was more special than standing on the podium because I was with my best friend and my husband and it was our special, like, let's hug and cry like little girls. We did it. Now go out there, have some fun, celebrate the victories. But but it sounds like the biggest win of that particular event, though, was just the fighting, the, the, the mental game was just coming out there being mentally strong. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And did, did you play it safe in the final event, knowing that you had that lead? Yes 
and no. I definitely did not push the bike as hard as I could have. But I also know I just basically need to beat Alex and Alexis and I would be on the podium. And it worked out that I did beat both of them. But I, I didn't die on the bike, but I also, it, it still hurt pretty bad. <laughs> I can't imagine what your legs felt like. Like not even thinking about what led up to that last event, but just the last event alone of thrusters, bike and lunging, like, oh my right. gosh. But I would say this games, my legs were never sore. It was all of my arms. I felt like we did so much pulling mm -hmm. that my arms right here, I've never had my arms cupped before, but my PT straight up like cu cupped them to release the, she knows all the terms, but it did help after she did it. You, and, and all the behind the scenes, you, you had your arms in the ice bath, like all the time. <laughs> that and I didn't. Do some athletes will pay to have their laundry done so they can wear multiple outfits over and over again. I did not. So I knew I couldn't get in in all my outfits because I'd have no more left over by the end of the weekend. So I was like, I'll just get the arms. Well, in the future, Amy is awesome at doing laundry. Yeah. When we go to oh. the games, I do the laundry all the time. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. <laughs> I would love that. She, she keeps us all clean for the week. And then yeah. I remind about sunscreen, all that too. Love it. And to be honest, please stop. They don't empty out the water in those. Yeah. So if you, you smell it, it's pretty disgusting. I was like, I don't really want that all over my body. Yeah. So then you came home and I can't believe it. You took a full two days off. And No, I still have it worked out. Oh, good. I just I'm saw your, your message where Blakely <laughs> was asking if you still worked out. <laughs> She's still today is like, mom, you going to work out today? And I'm like, no, I'm still no. taking it easy for at least two weeks. Cause I mean, I went in with a little elbow thing and honestly, my rest is good. Like we we need rest. So I'm yeah. fully soaking up the rest and I'll, I'll start back doing something on Monday. Yeah. Well, yeah. Enjoy it for sure. Yeah. So, you know, with, with all this comes so much, right? You know, you, you, you're going to get the automatic invite to Rogue without question. Right. Um, you know, there's there's postings by CrossFit. There's all this stuff happening now. Does it feel like a whirlwind around you or being back home and with the family, does that, is it just, is it better now? It's, it's so funny because in Madison... It's amazing. All these people wanted pictures with me, wanted my autographs. It's almost like an alternate reality. Even at the airport when I was flying out, people wanted pictures. But as soon as I land in Abilene, Texas, where we picked up, Blakely came back home, it was like reality set in. No one cares anymore. Like I go to the grocery store. It's all, get, out of, get out of the way. Let me get my food. Like It's such an alternate reality, the games is, that I come back and it's such a good, like, humble reminder. Life goes on. Um, the house isn't going to clean itself. Dinner's not going to get made unless I do it. And I got to go do this, do this. Like, nobody cares in the small circle of the town I live in. People, of course, my friends do that didn't come to the games. They're ecstatic. But it's such a good reminder that what's so important to me and what people love, like life goes on. But one thing that is sweet, my friends in Midland are throwing me a little meet and greet. So Sunday, there's an event in Midland that they're going to celebrate me and my accomplishments. That's yeah, well, that's cool. awesome. 
Yeah. Any uh, any local news, anything like that wanting to talk to you yet or? No, I haven't reached out. Like I'm personally not going to reach out to the news and say like, yeah. look how awesome I am. Story on me. <laughs> but like my sister mentioned she might, some friends mentioned they might, nothing's happened since. Okay. I think, well, and I, know, yeah. you know, some like, lo- they're always looking for special interest stories, you right. know, and what you did was awesome. And I'm surprised they haven't reached out to you. I agree. But what's funny is CrossFit is such its own little world. We we know how big of a deal it is. But if you've never done CrossFit or know what it is, they're like, there's CrossFit comps all the time. Why would we post about this? <laughs> but maybe something will come of it. So the big questions that we've been following this season are, what does all of this mean for your front yard? Okay, I'll answer that one first. The front yard's plan was always the same. So that's okay. We're just waiting on one more tree to get installed and then we're doing grass. But this does change what happens to the backyard. Right. Is that that the gym? As of right now, the plan is to build um, almost like McQuaid, a, a training facility, not an affiliate by any means. But we might have a select 10 people who will invite over to train with me. People who will protect my peace. Everybody's going to want to train with me. But more people bring more drama. So I can thankfully be very selective of, you've been there since day one. You can come train. You've been there. Stop. So now it just, it kind of opens the door to, hey, we're going to have some nice equipment in there. Yeah. So... Is Blakely putting you through training now? Stop. you at the games. Right? She did mention. She she is very proud and she does get it because she's like, you got first. You did it. Well, she doesn't know first versus third, but yeah. she's never really seen me go to the games and stand on the podium. So she's yeah. like, you, you did it, mom. Which is sweet. So I know you've told the story on other podcasts, but the story of the flag is really cool. Yes, I'd love to share it. Okay. Please okay, uh, after the pig flip event, so event two, I took off my grips before I went to flip the pig, and I, I couldn't find them after people um, clean up the field and then bring back a bucket to Lost and Found. So I go to Lost and Found to find my grips, and they're nowhere to be found. So I lost my grips, and... While we're there on day one of the individuals of the CrossFit game, in the right-hand corner is a triangle folded up beautifully American flag. And me and Dylan both noticed because who loses an American flag? And if you're going to lose it, who folds it up so perfectly in a triangle? So we, we make mental note of it. Dylan jokes, oh, there's an American flag. If we need that for the podium, like that's the flag we're going to get. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, babe. We're two events in. We'll see what happens. We always have to walk to the Coliseum and back to North Park and back. So we're always in the Expo Center. Every day in the Expo Center, we walk past the Lost and Found. The flag is still there. Like it never moves. Um, teams go, age groups go, adaptives go. The flag stays there. Nobody touches it. So the final day after that, a sweet moment I told you where Jody and me and Dylan are hugging and embracing and we did it. Dylan was like, hey, I'm going to be right back. I've got to go grab the flag. And absolutely, he went back, and the flag was right there in the same spot it had been all weekend. And he grabbed it, 
and we walked to the Coliseum for event 12 and that's how we got the flag. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And how did it feel to hold that flag up on the podium? <laughs> oh, when we unraveled it, you can kind of see the pictures. You've seen flags before, Blakely, stop. You've seen flags before, but this was the most beautiful American flag I feel like I've ever seen. And it was huge. Like it just covered me like a cape. It was in perfect condition. And it felt, I was so proud to stand up there and hold such a beautiful American flag. And in the pictures, even my mother-in-law, she's so sweet. She messaged me. She was like, the flag looks good on you, Ariel. She's like, it just looks gorgeous on the podium, in my opinion. <laughs> but I'm also an American, so we always think everything's better here. <laughs> yeah. So, I had people message me and they said I should have held up a Texas flag on the podium. But I was like, oh, maybe a rogue, but not at the games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my my final big question to you is you've been so successful with this narrative that you're you came out of retirement just to get a sign for your garage right and that that crossfit is down on your priority list and whatever comes you know is god's will and that's amazing but now you've you've tasted the podium you know what is possible and i will say that in my belief in you, I didn't put you higher in my rankings because I was afraid of your belief in you. <laughs> but but there was but there was a, a change this year, and you could it was evident in watching you perform at the games. And right. I just right. I just submitted my new poll for a barbell spin, and I have moved you way up in my rankings. Thank you, <laughs> because I think a, a, an Ariel that believes in herself is very dangerous. And so my question is, how do you balance that? I'm just kind of doing this for fun and to decorate my garage that has worked for three years. So now there are going to be expectations. And you've, you've worked very hard to kind of like stem those off, right? But now like you're in the discussion for fittest American athlete of all time. And so that with that comes these expectations. How do you move forward with a balance that makes sense for you? I hate to say it's easy because I've never gone into a game season with pressure or expectation. So I won't really know until next season to see what that feels like. But coming back to reality is very like humbling. I still make dinner. I still have my priority of being a mom and a wife first. So it's easy to not come back and be like, I'm the third fittest. Now we order takeout every day because I'm not cooking anymore. Like my normal life helps keep me humble, which is great. So I don't, I still don't come back and really grasp that I got podium until I look at a picture and say, oh my gosh, I got third place at the CrossFit Games. <laughs> so even in my head, I still can't fathom it or believe it. And I still kind of believe going into next season, nobody is going to place me as a prediction to get on the podium. Like I still kind of feel like going into next season, I will be an underdog because this games went so well. There's no way it could happen again. But I also feel like there's no shame. Me and Dylan talked about this. If you look at previous competitors years, 
like Katrin, wins the games two times, doesn't make it, and then comes back and gets in the top 10. Like, there's no shame in being the best in the world and coming back and not being able to follow that up, per se. People still love you, who they are. Even like Justin, he still got so much support, and he did not win the games. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to go back to the games and place in the top 10 because it's still a tremendous achievement. I've tasted podium, but I also know this year was so special. I can't expect to improve every year because this games went so good. I have nothing, nothing bad to say. Of course, a few mistakes happened, but they weren't detrimental. It, it's, okay. not, it's not possible to expect that every competition. Here we go again. Hear me. Hear me. Um, inverted, inverted medley. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Area strongest event, right? Is one of the weakest event, right? Five K, one of Ariel's weakest events, becomes one of her strongest events. Mm -hmm. Your improvement has been epic. Thank you. In in what you have improved on. So when you say, you say this all the time, you say, historically speaking, this would, this would be my event or this would not be my event. I think you have to throw all that out. I know. History doesn't matter anymore. You're a completely different athlete today than you were a year ago. We kind of mentioned that me and Dylan going into event, we'd be like, this should be a good event for me. And then we would be like, honestly, we don't even know what's good or bad for me anymore because all weekend was full of surprises. Right. And you're not wrong. I think so. I think that to say, to look at names on paper and to say, you know, I'm, I'm not this or I'm not that, you don't know because, like you said, you didn't train handstands under fatigue, but we know you can kill handstands. Right. Right. That's a tweak in your training this year that I am sure that is going to be implemented that you will <laughs> That's not be addressed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, your it's it's like the Jeffrey Adler thing. Like, nobody wants to give him credit for the constant improvement year upon year upon year. Mm-hmm. But that dude keeps getting better. And what's to say he's not going to even get better next year? Right. Right. And the same with you. You keep getting better year upon year upon year. Who knows who Ariel is in a year from now because you are not the same Ariel you were a year ago. Yeah. And it's so special when you bring it up like that because in the past I've had had to give credit to those who have helped me. But this year it's so special to say, um, yes, I have a strength coach. He helped. I will give him all the credit for strength. But it's so special to say, I worked on running and I got better. I don't have to give credit to you. Um, This was just me and my training partner in the garage. Like, hey, let's get better at running. Cool. Let's run this, this, and this. And we got better. And it's like, I don't need this special training camp or this special person who's got all these degrees. Like, it was just showing up in the gym every day in your garage and working hard, which is so special. So special. And impressive. Really, that's the most impressive part. Thank you. And that's what's even leaving my garage gym. I don't think I've told this on any podcast yet. The last workout I did in my garage gym before I left for the games, I turned on my favorite song and I'm not an emotional 
person. I don't cry much other than like stuff that really moves me. And I just laid on my gym floor and for the whole song just cried because nobody knows other than me and my training partner for half of it, the work that was put in, in that gym and how proud I am of like what we did this season. And I just like was thankful and proud and just all these emotions of, I'm so proud of this. I can't wait to go to the games and show people. They don't know what happened in this small gym. Only few people do, but I was just so proud of what I'd done in that small space. Now let's go shine. Right. It's not just about what happens at the games. It's everything that leads up to the games. And it's special because only, only I know, only I was the one in the gym doing it with my training partner. That's not a, nobody's there to cheer me on in those moments, but I'm proud that I pushed hard in those moments. And it's such a gamble. We talked about this early on in the season that when you're doing it on your own, you have nothing to compare yourself to, which maybe actually turn out to be a great thing, right? Right. But you don't know like if what your programming is working. And right. I think it's a testament to the self-reflection that you have. And Thank you. that you and Dylan working together to make sure that you hit all the areas you need to hit in your training. And if people have don't follow you on your subscription on Instagram, your workouts are hard. Thank you. I did post those who only uh, about 15 people followed along, but that's okay. It's not about the numbers. I posted every workout I did leading up to the games. Like, this is what I'm doing. There's no secrets. And it's cool to say, like, those who did follow along got to see, like, it wasn't anything super special. It was just grinding and working on a little bit of weaknesses. Yeah. There were days I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Yeah. The bench press one. Did you ever try it? I did. What'd you think? It was way harder than it looked because I I love me a bench press, but when you're doing every 10 seconds and it's cardio too, I was drenched in sweat. I don't know about you. Yeah, it was, it's good stuff. If people are not following along, they should. Um, because it's, it's a lot of interval training, which I love. I, I, that is my favorite type of CrossFit training. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's really cool. So that's another implement that makes it scary going into the games. All I do is interval training because I know I can push myself and I'll listen to a clock. I won't necessarily listen to 2159, go faster. So going into the games, there was only one workout that was technically interval training. So like going into the bike event, can I bike for 40 minutes without built-in rest? Like, okay, it worked out. Can I do the pig chipper, which is 14 minutes without built-in rest? It kind of adds an extra element of um, scared. Like, can I hold on without built-in rest? And it was just fine. Yep, turns out yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. Now, yep. everybody who gives me, there's random people who I'll talk to like, well, when are you doing your Metcons? And I'm like, oh, do I need to do those? Am I missing something? And it's like, no, I'm doing what works for me. I just need to silence that voice. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, any, any plans this off season, either A, to just get away at like a vacation or are you planning on doing I'm assuming Rogue, it's in Texas. You're going to get the invite. Um, Wadapalooza, any of the other ones? So right now, I realized the higher you place at the top of the podium, the faster Rogue reaches out. 
So usually I have to wait about a month, but um, Rogue is in the cards, is in the plans. We would love to take, I was actually talking to Tio, was so sweet, came up and congratulated me backstage at the games. And she was like, what, what, what are you doing for holiday after the games? Because most games athletes, they compete at the games and then they go on a cruise, go to the beach, go to Hawaii. And I'm like, I don't think you realize like this legit is me and Dylan's vacation. And then we go back to reality after the games because he like works a full-time job. So like going somewhere different, just me and him as a couple's retreat is a vacation. So we would love to go to a water park with Blakely to celebrate as a family. But Dylan just has to get a little bit caught up on work first. And then Rogue is in the cards. Wadapalooza, I'd love to do, but health is the most important thing. Please stop, Blakely. So if I'm healthy, I would love to do Wadapalooza. If I have a few tweaks and aches, then no Wadapalooza. Well, we want to thank you so much for jumping on. I think Blakely has reached her time limit. <laughs> I think so too. And I feel like we still have so much. And I'm like, well, we we'll talk just, about this, we'll this, and this. Talk again. We'll, just, we'll yeah. just have you back again. But um, it was fun. I will say to the listeners, usually when I see Scott, we're in games mode, we're professional. It was fun to Scott was at the venue beforehand, so we got to chat just like person to person for what, like 20 minutes before the whole event started. And that was actually really special. Yeah. And I got to catch up with Dylan after the last event in the, in the tunnel um, at the Coliseum. Which was really cool. Yeah, um, that is cool. I'm just, I could not be happier for you and your, and Dylan and the whole family. Um, Thank you. All your hard work. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much for coming on with us. And everybody in the chat, thank you for being here. We will catch everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Thanks for having me. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's c4energy.com. And now back to the interview.